Hello, and welcome to the Casually Profound Podcast. I'm Lauren McLean, your host, and here to bring you conversations with friends about how to apply spiritual concepts into your everyday life. I'm joined today by Hedemias Corona to talk about how creativity shows up in our lives and how that has intersected with our spiritual journey. Um, so I met uh, Hedemias at an online group that was hosted by Flynn Skidmore, um, all about how we show up on social media and express our creativity to the world and that kind of thing, which was a fabulous container uh, to meet and to get to know each other. I'm so excited to continue this conversation from there. So hello and welcome. Um, you're actually also the first male guest that we've had on the show, which oh, nice. was completely unintentional. I just happened to have a ton of chick friends. Um, <laughs> and so the hello and welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you're uh, welcome. So yeah, my name's Hedemias, like you said. Uh, you could call me Mias, which uh, you you know that already. But uh, <laughs> yeah. for everybody else, you could call me Mias. Um, that's sort of a nickname and the end of my name, Hedemias. So there it is. Glad awesome. to be here. Awesome. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do with your life? Work, creativity, hobbies, like what is important to you right now? Yeah. So where do I start? Well, Okay. I love to do photography and video, and that's pretty much been my passion since as long as I can remember. Uh, it started <clears throat> more so when I was in like middle school. Uh, they had a like broadcast class that I took, and that's where I learned how to like edit and got really into doing the technical side of it. Um, but there's a picture of me when I was like maybe five or six with uh, my dad's like film camera. So I think maybe it started a long time ago, <laughs> which is cool. So uh, photography, video, I really loved doing that and started doing that a lot more out of high school, shooting with models, with brands, with just anybody who was on Instagram that I would connect with. And then uh, out of high school, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So I started doing construction, uh, which was pretty crappy the type of construction we were doing like demolition mostly <laughs> and drying out houses that would get flooded or have mold in them just really gross stuff a lot of yeah. times <laughs> so I learned from that that I liked construction but not that stuff uh so then I I started learning tile uh and really loved that so then that took me down that path of really enjoying putting building things in houses uh and so then in 2020 after i had learned from some awesome people i started my own business doing bathroom remodels kitchen remodels um stuff like that tile work uh and so yeah so that's that's my thing now is doing construction i'm right now i'm in the process of getting my general contractor's license mm. uh which will allow me to do more and also it's just like nice to just just the title i just want to be like you know i'm a contractor you know <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh totally so yeah i do that and then uh gardening is also a love of mine mm -hmm. and yeah so that's a little that's what that's what i do with my life garden cool. build things take pictures <laughs> cool i love it yeah the um so yeah i remember you had posted on instagram a while ago that you had done videography like a lot of wedding videography and stuff like yeah. that in the past too yeah, that uh, is super fun. I love weddings. I love going to weddings. So it's like an excuse to get paid to go to weddings, which is so awesome. Uh, and just like have fun and 
see the process from beginning to end. Uh, yeah, weddings are dope. <laughs> That's cool. The um, I experimented with video last year for a while. And um, when I was looking at all these different videographers, a lot of them did wedding stuff. That's like the main way it seemed like to get hired to do video mm-hmm. was through weddings. I was just going to be like, that's not... <laughs> That's not for me. Weddings are cool, but like, <laughs> I was like, that's, that's not. The, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so that sounds like you have a really interesting mix of things. And it's funny. My experience has been very similar. Uh, mine is the construction. I went more into business and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but in high school, I also, we had a class called production art where you learned all kinds of graphic art stuff. So like Adobe, like they had DSLR cameras they trained us yeah. on and like screen printing and like all the different, like, reproducible art um there was also like fine art classes and stuff like that but um the production art was just like oh so good um and then after high school i decided to go into like physics and engineering and stuff and then transferred into business and did accounting and was like realized how little you like talk to people and interact with people in those roles. Mm -hmm. And like, it was just way too analytical, heavy, like analytical minds, that kind of thing. Um, cause I've always been of the two minds. So like, there's the side where I'm very mathy, very analytical, like love spreadsheets, love organizing, all that kind of thing. But then the other side of things, I'm super creative and can visualize anything and like can walk into a home and like instantly know how it should be decorated or like the colors and that kind of thing right and so the the I didn't really know how to blend those two and then over to like it's taken me now I don't know 12 years I'm turning 30 in a week and so like it's taken me a time then to kind of peel all of that back again to be like oh underneath there's just this artist and like the, the medium is very like the medium is changeable is mutable Mm. that kind of thing right and then it all kind of goes on top of that what do you yeah go ahead what do you feel like is your favorite uh medium of art to make oh i love painting i love painting um like i usually paint acrylic on canvas Uh uh-huh and i have like i have a couple different techniques and stuff that i'm wanting to test out and experiment and stuff with that because I love painting. Um, I have since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. The I photography and video and that kind of thing. Photography is okay for me. Um, I do really like video and I really like editing video and that kind of thing. Um, and I would say that I sit somewhere between like an avant-garde style and like a cinematic style for mm-hmm. video. Um, but I also haven't practiced it enough to like have a defined, yeah, a well-defined style yet. Um, but the I also draw a lot, um, but I definitely painting is my favorite. And um, it's a little bit heartbreaking because I've been traveling so much lately that you can't really carry canvases and paint yeah. and the pots and like all of the stuff around with you. Yeah. So I'm like, we need my pencil crayons and a sketchbook <laughs> or like head out. I tried using watercolor. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate it. Really? I hate it so much. <laughs> You know, I like, I like yeah. the potency of acrylic. Yeah. Painting has always been the hardest for me to like, it's, it, it's just so frustrating for me because I just always end up making like abstract stuff because it's like, yeah. I really want to do the like landscape. I want to like, 
do something really that looks like something and then i start doing it i'm like wow this is so hard <laughs> it but i feel like everybody who goes to a museum that looks at paintings should try painting at least once in their oh lives oh my gosh yes because what like yeah dude that it, some of these paintings are like so lifelike and big but i mean even the things like there's like there's a popular uh genre of paintings like the colorism i think it's called where it's like literally just like color fields mm -hmm. and the whole point of the art is the color itself and so it's like mm -hmm. a huge canvas of like one color yeah even yeah. shit like that <laughs> is like it's actually so technical to make that work well like the way you mix your colors and the way that you texturize your canvas and like the mm -hmm. layers paint and like the like materials and stuff that you're using um fuck i get nerd on that a lot really hard but the um <laughs> The, the thing that I love about painting is that there's like, there's no back steps. Like you can't take back anything you've mm. done. And yeah. so you always have to add. Yeah. And the, I love the process of layering and adding. Like it feels, so when I'm painting, I noticed this, I did a, I've done a series of like pet portraits and I would love to do them again. Um, where when I'm painting, it's like I'm not even looking at the canvas. It's almost like I'm feeling it in my hand. So like I'll have the brush in my hand. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing the stroke, it's like I can feel the fur and the muscle and everything under my hand as I'm painting. And so and then it's like it goes from this like kind of nebulous, blurry thing and it like comes into focus as I'm painting. Yeah. And like I love that because every time there's like such a satisfying like hit in my gut when I like know that I've like hit the brush stroke and I've hit the shade and I've hit the blend and like I know that I've like done it properly. There's such a satisfying like funk to know yeah. that that move on and that part's done. And then, you know, you change six other parts of the painting and you have to come back to this one and make it all match. And like, you know, it goes, this, it could go on forever. And at some point you just have to call it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a cool feeling though? No, that feeling yeah. of knowing? Uh, yeah. You've seen This Is Us? Yeah. Not all of it, but lots of it. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember, there's a certain part in there. Ah, man, I really hope, I really hope I'm getting this right. Cause now I'm like, <laughs> was it from that? I think it was. Oh, there's some part where somebody does a painting and they're talking about like you know and it's all like abstract and they're like this is you know this is me and this is you and this is our family and this is this and like we all come together like in these wild brush strokes to create you know this painting of life that is like that is us and, oh my god yes it is that because the whole point of that scene was that they the guy says this is, this us. is us and it's like that's yeah. the whole point and I always like that stuck with me because I was like, God, such a good metaphor for life about like, because the reason why it made me think of this is when you said you can't, you can't go back. You're just layering upon layering upon layering. Just it's life. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't go back. You've already added that brushstroke to your life and you just got to like, okay, now that's a part of me, you know? Yeah. And I mean, to take the metaphor even farther, there's it. a very popular theory within painting mm -hmm. um it started as an oil uh technique and it's also usable in acrylic mm -hmm. where um it's called underpainting mm -hmm. where you literally paint the negative first and you lay down kind of in one color it's usually an umber color is the most popular it's their historically popular color um is an umber and you kind of do your outline and you do the um 
just the tones of your painting first, and then you layer the color on top of it. And so, you know, you start in something two-dimensional, you start in something that's black and white and simple and you not really correct and is, is almost inverted, like the way that you yeah. are drawing it. Um, and so you start with the negative when you move into this fully formed, like you, you give it form and you give it depth and you give it gray area and you give it, um, all of these things that don't exist on its own, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That's just so good. I, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just thinking, of course, <laughs> I don't know what to course. go with that one next, but, um, I'm, I'm curious how you experience photography and like how you frame stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I've seen you work on Instagram and like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You have, you have the vibe, like mm-hmm. you, you have it so dialed in mm-hmm. and I'm curious how what what like frame of mind you're in when you're taking you're you're in that state Mm. man that's a really good question it's i think it's changed over the years obviously with anything that you do uh so i guess i'll speak more on like how it is recently I know that like for example one one thing and and this just comes from like when when you do something it's not just like the canvas on the paint that one moment it's the whole process of getting the paint and knowing which colors to put out and which to mix and you know so there's all this process that goes beyond just a moment of for example in photography just clicking the shutter and just taking the picture there's all the envisioning the location and knowing what you like or what you don't like. Um, so more so recently, cause I, I haven't been doing a lot of like shoots recently, like photo shoots. Like I used to do more shoots with models. Uh, but the few that I've done more recently with just like friends, um, I've, I had been forcing myself to envision something before taking the picture and saying, really posing somebody and really looking at the whole picture. Because what I used to do was just click, click, click. And I would work with like these awesome people, these awesome models and like every shot would look great. And I, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's just taking pictures easy they made my job easy and so but then the editing process was like going through a thousand you know a lot of pictures Mm -hmm. it's like how do you Mm -hmm. choose and you get a a lot of great ones but i mean i looked at it and thought i would really love to force myself to take that down to as small an amount as i possibly can get it and as small as an amount of finished edited photos and it forced me to stop and and think about the composition in the moment and say, how do I want to pose this? Let me let me wait and let me let this person do something before I kind of like say, oh, wait, let's take it here. And I really like abstract stuff. Like, I love the whole like editorial, like girl posing, whatever. But I love those pictures. I don't know. There's few photographers that do it. I follow this one and I'm going to forget the exact name eliza something 
she does these crazy awesome photos of like human beings in weird shapes and crazy locations and just like she takes like nudes where it's like the back of somebody and they're just in this and it you look at it and you just think wow i i love what those types of photographers can do and so i've always mm-hmm. tried to force myself in that direction a little bit um so yeah that's kind of my inspiration and where i try to push it is a little bit into the more like experimental like weird poses that end up looking mm-hmm. really like whoa that looks sick uh mm-hmm. yeah and are you doing that more for the aesthetic appeal of it or for the like metaphorical meaning behind it i think it's all about like a feeling it's all about mm-hmm. it's all about trusting your intuition to know that you're creating art that has a feeling to it and it's really mm-hmm. hard because i can't even explain how <clears throat> really technically you can do that but i've learned to trust my intuition on creating a a feeling I don't know how I do it. I don't know. Well, why don't you talk about a time when you knew really, really well that you had trusted your intuition, like kind of that flipping point when you're like, oh, yes, this is I trusted it this time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I there there's I'm trying to think of specifically like which one would be best, but there was a photo shoot I did with my friend uh, Lupe Fuentes, someone who I've worked with like quite a lot. And we did this shoot in in L.A. Uh, on the, like, L.A. River Bank River. I don't know what it's called, but it's where all these bridges go across it. And if you're from L.A., you know, but it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, not really pretty e- either, but it could be, <laughs> it could be cool. I don't know. Anyway, so we shot there and it was, like, everything lined up, like, the, the sun the the like was perfect the lighting was perfect we had like a reflector and i've never worked with like reflector stuff before i've always done like natural light no flash outdoors Mm -hmm. like all that stuff uh still don't do flash outdoors i can't believe people do that but anyway that's a discussion for another time (laughs) (laughs) no i totally get it (laughs) anyway the reflector like changes the game though it's awesome yeah so we use that and it just like there was just every single moment that i was taking a picture i felt this woman's energy and i was just like dude it's hitting right now like i like this is just magic we were just making magic and it felt like because i know this person and because we've worked together and we've developed this friendship and this relationship i was like i can feel all the things that she had gone through from her past and her story and her how she is this powerful embodiment of grace and and excellence and also like very like fierce like a strong force to be reckoned with coming through in the way that she was posing in the way that like i was grabbing these pictures and just ended up creating these images that was like i'm my own greatest fan so i was just like yo these are the greatest thing i've ever made in my life you know so yeah yes i don't know it's just a feeling yeah and i think at the end of the day you just have to really enjoy what you do because Mm -hmm. uh that can that out of context can be like 
affected by if you pay attention to like opinions and numbers and algorithm you know you can start hearing the noise a little bit too much that makes you forget how great you are and how much you love your own work and your own art that numbers at the end of the day sometimes don't matter it's like are you putting out something that you believe in I don't know how you feel about that with like things that you make. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It depends on the medium. So like, Mm -hmm. for instance, with um, stuff that I make to put on social media, oh my gosh, I definitely get sucked into the like numbers game Mm -hmm. Uh, because I love creating art that is and and like the temperate temporariness that social media gives it there's something very compelling about that um but what i much prefer is like the is more permanent pieces and so for example i did an installation piece last year that is up at the lake in my hometown mm-hmm. um i sculpted um plywood and made uh, like a wooden sculpture and um so in that sense, the trusting the feeling and going with it and all that kind of thing at the beginning was like so easy. The the dreaming it up, loved, super inflow, super easy to do, super exciting, doing the proposal and like getting all the details and getting all the like charts and the PDF, like, you know, all the things perfect and beautiful and wonderful. Like that was easy. Love doing that. And then getting the money to do it, love doing that. And then, um, you know, starting it, planning it, getting all the pieces together. That was all great. And then by the time we go to the second layer of plywood, I'm like, can we just not? <laughs> yeah. Like, what if we just put it out like this? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the closer that we got to the end, the harder it was to do. Mm, and the more that I was just like, fuck, like, please let some natural disaster just like eat this thing <laughs> and make it so that yeah. it's not my fault and I don't have to pay the money back mm-hmm. and like, let's just carry mm-hmm. on. And so, um, the, so that was really interesting in the sense that I knew it was aligned. I knew that it was like something that had come from like a recess of my soul. Mm-hmm. That, Cause like that doesn't, that that's what kind of spontaneity is not an accident. Well, yeah. Right. Like what, uh, that's what not, is it called? Uh, uh... Synchronicity. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. And, um, go. right. And like, it was just so easy. They picked me so easily and like that kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just a no-brainer. So like I know that this is something that I want to follow through on. Um, but like holy hell, that was like <sighs> I mean, you're in construction, you would know this metaphor. It's like um, you know, you have a bucket of all the old nails that you have to hammer out mm-hmm. and like straighten out. You don't have like a whole bucket and you have like a, just it's just you like straightening nails like all day. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it felt like. It was just as yeah Uh, in the sake of my yeah i I did get it done i did do it properly i did put it out well and properly and it was done well like it was i did finish the whole thing i didn't bitch out part way Um, i'm dying i can't get past this (laughs) by the way just because people are gonna (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I want. There's no such. <laughs> there's no. It's what? it's like I love your metaphor because it's because like. <laughs> well, that is like such a painful job, but like you have to do it because nails are expensive, and so if you can rip the old nails out of something and straighten them, it's like 
it's great to you have your extras like you have the stuff around yeah. but it's such I, a tedious yeah, job yeah. and it's so annoying have you have and, you like, done that it lasts forever how yeah. do you know this metaphor you've had to well, you've had- my, yeah like i grew up doing this shit my my dad's an engineer uh-huh and so he's a mechanical engineer and so he grew up building everything and fixing the house and like fixing cars and so i grew up doing that with him right so yeah like yeah. there was lots of times where he'd be working on a project that was like a little bit more advanced than i could handle it like five years old and so he'd sit me in the corner to straighten nails Yo, okay so <laughs> <laughs> all right i see the whole picture now oh, okay <laughs> yeah cool and also like i just love swinging a hammer yeah. so he's like please swing that away from me where you're not gonna hurt anybody <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry i took that a little detour but i needed to know i needed to know yeah because yeah. i was like i <laughs> i'm never that's a thing right like on a construction site you would keep your old nails wouldn't no. you? <laughs> oh okay so that's why i was like maybe this is something i'm not like familiar with like but also i love that it was just like so confidently said that i was like yeah you're right but i was like you know what I need to dive into this because <laughs> I'm going to like look back on this and be like, I need to know. <laughs> yeah. No, we always had. Cool. So like when I was young, we didn't have a ton of money. And so, um, the, my dad would always get like scrap wood mm. and he would, or he'd like deconstruct old projects to like make new projects. And so there was always used wood or used nails or used screws and you'd yeah. have to sort through everything to like, yeah you have to sort through everything and like when you would be making something then you'd be designing it around like the rotted parts of the wood or like the cuts that you had or like the types of things that you had um and so because we also didn't have a ton of tools right so it's not like you could just like take an old i don't know what piece of wood like a two by six and like plane it down to make like facing for something right like you you had to like use it how it was um which is also just a really interesting way to think about constructing things yeah uh, but anyways i love that so yeah so like, <laughs> i've been literally doing that since i was like two years old okay um, so i'm really curious why why do you, or after the fact of finishing that did you figure out what it was that made that part of it more difficult for you than the than the whole pre-process I think cause I think my hypothesis is that because it was because there was a lot of repetitive steps. Mm-hmm. And so because so with the plywood, um, I used wiggle board, which is like a really, really thin sheet of plywood uh-huh. that bends. And so I had to cut it all down to size. And so I and I had a steel ring um that I had molded to the right shape. Mm-hmm. Then it was a four foot diameter circle and so we cut the pieces of plywood down and you had to layer like piece on piece on piece on piece and so for each one you had to glue and press and shape and pin it and then put the on the inside we used a tractor tire inner tube to like put the pressure from the inside because usually (laughs) so this is it's an imitation of glue lamb and um so the instead of using a liquid hydraulic press use an air hydraulic press which was literally just steel in an inner tube yeah. right um but then so the repetitiveness of it like and you had to watch and you had to be really freaking careful to make sure that like you had the right amount of pressure and that you had all the the things pinned and that the glue was all taking and sticking and like all the things and um 
like you, you and you can't do that in one day like it ha you have to do it and then leave it for a day or two to let everything set and then yeah. come back to it and do the next one and do the next one <clears throat> and um i had my dad helping me with all of this um and so at least if i had to do it myself a thing would never have gotten mm. done um but the so at least i had somebody there to hold my hand while i did it um and hold a clamp while i did it um and so yeah i mean then at the end to there's lots of painting like you have to varnish it several times because yeah. the thing is sitting outside and it's wood and so um just getting it all varnished which is very repetitive and slow and boring and that kind of thing i love the i love the process of ideation and iteration mm. and so then to actually execute i had a friend call me out on this a couple years ago that like i just hate doing things <laughs> yeah which is not helpful. And so when I'm painting, it never, it never feels repetitive because even if I'm working on a painting for like two or three weeks, the, every time you sit down to it, like I can sit down in front of a painting for eight hours, no problem. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, even like you're always shifting around and you're always yeah. looking at, like, even if you're looking at the same picture, it never feels repetitive. Mm -hmm. That's what I think was going on. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. so now so now that's a uh, finished artwork up for everybody to see and yeah I, I, let me ask you this question what what do you feel like was the i don't want to say do you feel oh man because i was listening to to a couple other ones i didn't get through like all of it uh of your episodes but i was actually kind of like wow this is uh different territory than i've really like educated myself upon because it was a lot of terms and terminology that i'm not familiar with so i was kind of excited because i was like oh this is going to be interesting from our different perspectives because uh, mm -hmm. one of the episodes you were like yeah i wish i could remember what you said and and i was like dude what and what are you talking about? You were like, yeah, my something, something told you to do it. And, and in my head, that term meant something else. But then as I kept listening to your episode, I was like, oh, this must be something different than what I'm thinking of. You were like, yeah, my spirit or my guide or something told me. Oh, was it the episode where I was talking about the podcast? And I had made the comment that like spirit had nominated me to do it kind of maybe. thing. Maybe. I, yeah, I thought you the, like I was trying to figure out like if it was a person I was like oh is this must be like a person but then I was like no I think this is something else like so it was really interesting for me so I'm pretty sure I know in general what you're talking yeah. about and um I, I suspect it was this one conversation but it could have been something else who the fuck knows um but typically so I mean in regards to this podcast mm -hmm. we'll say we use the example that I know that I made the comment of like spirit nominated me mm -hmm. or something like that to do this because um the idea just came from nowhere mm. and i mean i've had like obviously the concept of doing a podcast has been in my brain space before uh because they're everywhere yeah. and i really like listening to them and that kind of thing but the the method and everything for this came through so clearly and so the in that particular example it's not so much that like there was Oh, there's so many layers to this. Okay. The, um, 
wisdom and guidance like that, I would say comes from spirit or creator or the universe Mm. or God. I would use any of those words to describe that because there's no form to it. It just kind of plunks in, in the inbox on a different in tray than like my own brain coming up with bullshit. And so the, um, there's a different feeling and a different quality to it. And so it's like, okay, this is, this is made out of like, better material mm-hmm. than what my brain produces. And so there isn't necessarily a form that comes with it. However, a lot of the guidance and stuff like that, that I receive, whereas, okay, on the daily, I'm interacting with a group of beings yeah. um, that I call my entourage. And they're not like, they don't have a physical body like this, right? Like they're in spirit. And so what that looks like to me is like there's like Snapchat filters that I, is what it's almost like in my mind where like you can see the different things that are around. And so there's like a filter for my entourage. And so I can see the group um, around me, that kind of thing. I talk with them and have conversations and work through things and that kind of thing. And they're kind of like a group of mentors who help me to muddle my way through life. Mm-hmm. And um, when I get off track, they like to tell me to come on like let's go that kind of thing and and from there but um so that is also some place that i might receive they don't necessarily give me ideas they more just like give me feedback on what i'm doing when i yeah. ask questions and that kind of thing and and but I, in what way do you receive that feedback though like how do you so in it sounds like <clears throat> uh so it comes from a particular direction. Mm-hmm. It's like I I hear it. So it's an audio thing that I am hearing often. Um, sometimes it just comes as a knowing and there's not necessarily words associated with it, um, but just more of like a knowing of like a, a place, a person, a date, a time, like that kind of thing. Um, I just have this like draw to, it just feels like there's like a notification going off, but there's like not necessarily a word with mm-hmm. it. But most oftentimes it is... Um, like an audio thing that I'm hearing and there's like a picture that comes with it. So I'm, I'm gesturing to the back of my head because it sounds like they're standing behind me and talking. That's where it sounds like the direction of the audio comes through is kind of through the back of my head. Um, where, it, which is not typical. Like if it's an actual literal sound, like if I was going to yeah. do this, you'd hear it from the side, right? Cause that's where your yeah. ear holes are. Um, but the, I can also encourage that and go into it and ask questions through writing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll sit down with a journal or even just typing on my laptop, that kind of thing. I'll write it out. And so it's not coming through necessarily. It's interesting. It's kind of like I'm hearing it, but it's like also as I'm typing it, my it's just a knowing yeah. that kind of thing coming through. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's never, it's never lonely. Um, there's always there's always someone around willing to willing to chat. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it started when I was a kid actually. Um I started seeing spirits around. Mm-hmm. And so the I grew up Christian. And so when I was really little, it was really easy to just like write stuff off as like, oh, those are angels or that's the Holy Spirit or that kind of thing. And then when I was a teenager, I just started seeing more and more. And then at a certain point, it's like, I don't think Jesus wears a 15th century dress 
like a woman. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that jives. And so there was just more to explore there. And that all used to come through as seeing, mm-hmm. um, seeing first. And so over time I've developed the different senses and that kind of thing. Um, cause they talk about in the psychic realm, we'll say that's not like the proper term for it, but you think you know what I mean? Um, there's, they call them the clairs. Mm-hmm. So there's clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance, Claire, it's technically Claire olfactory. It's smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very interesting one to develop. But um, so basically, all the physical senses that you have, there is also a like psychic component that you can develop as well. Yeah. Um, to see, hear, feel, know, smell, different things. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely out of my uh expertise. But really well, interesting, interesting to hear about. I mean, <clears throat> it's interesting cuz the one of the ways that I was taught is that you use physical things to develop those senses. Mm-hmm. So even something like photography can be absolutely be used to enhance, develop, use or exercise those senses if it's seeing or feeling that kind of thing, because of what you were describing earlier as that's like, you just know when you're hitting it, yeah. so you just know, like when you're in the shoot and the things are just working like that, like there was, there's a process that led you there. And when you're actively using that ability to visualize and, and kind of walk through something before it happens to an extent, it can be argued that you're using the clear voice mm. and that kind of thing to do that. Yeah. Um, there is a part where you're using like just literally your imagination to do it. But the f- line between imagination and clairvoyance is razor thin. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Oh, super cool stuff. I mean, I mean, you can tell I'm like, like it's hard for me to understand some of this stuff, but I love that because I think that sometimes we're so used to being experts at things that we forget what it's like to put ourselves in a position of not knowing. (laughs) And I love that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so interesting to be in a position of learning about something that is so not, uh, not like, uh, not home for us. Like, Oh, this is something Mm. that I'm like, I I will admit I'm like, wow, I, did not know any of this, you know? Uh, yeah. I feel like as humans, we got to do more of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in my mind, the that learning and that ability to put yourself in the not expert seat mm-hmm. can come through anywhere. Mm. That's been, that has been the biggest lesson. I think that's come through my creativity, but just in the general sense, in like the spiritual realm, if you say, is that like lessons come from anywhere, knowledge comes from anywhere, and any experience can can lead you down a path. I don't want to say that. Like it can lead you, can it help you develop, it can help you grow, it can help you um express who you are more fully, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? And so whether those things are happening physically and literally, like changing up the way you do shoots and stuff like that, or like changing the way you plant your garden or like the way you learn about those things. Um, it always translates in my opinion into something deeper. Do you, okay. So I feel like, I feel like it's interesting to hear 
like people's style of how they live mm. live life because <laughs> mm, okay. i was thinking about how like i have that approach to things of i i want to be in that position of what's next what's new what what can i learn how can i learn something new uh how can i also not pay someone how can i <laughs> learn how to do it myself <laughs> uh, and but those are always fun moments because not only do they give you knowledge of like how to design something on illustrator which i'm like very beginner at but those moments of like just trying to you know mess with uh, something i was doing recently was trying to figure out how to uh, do a logo and i was trying to figure out how to change the shapes of the letters and so the internet is amazing because you literally just google how to something something on illustrator and there's a youtube video for it uh but stuff like that always reminds me like wow respect to all the expert level people that are out there that have been doing this for like so long and i get a product from somebody and i'm like oh that seemed pretty simple i could probably do it and then no i like have that level of respect for for that trade or that form of art so it's the way that it relates to life i think is interesting because it's like mm -hmm. i believe that there's no right or wrong way to live life mm -hmm. but you have the the like traditional where it's you you get an education you get a higher education you get that certificate you you know for that field and then you're in that field and then you one up and and it's just this slow like straight line and i feel like mine is this like whatever happens will lead me down this cool journey of abstract stuff i feel like it's almost two different types of people and i feel like both are needed to build Ooh, yes society right yeah, because yeah you can't the, have um, everybody like me <laughs> <laughs> no and i think the beautiful thing is is that for the person because i feel like we're similar in this mm -hmm. like you can see the connections between six different things mm -hmm. right and so like like to you tiling makes sense with gardening yeah, and yeah. photography right and like for me welding makes sense with like painting makes sense with spreadsheets i don't yeah. know and so the um the people who are able to make those connections i think like leapfrog the people who sink in and do the slow trajectory and that kind of thing because i don't think I, even though I would say that, like there's a traditional method of learning is like, you know, you get one certification and the next one and you build mm -hmm. and you build and you become better and that kind of thing. Um, I think that those people will never really go away. Right. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that there's something so satisfying of being able to dive in like that. Um, but the, I think the people who connect things are like, they're like the pollinator bees. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like, cause you need the pollinators in order to keep everything literally alive. Yeah. Um, so that the plants can grow and do their thing on their mm. own. There's probably more types of people, but <laughs> yeah, I think those two complement each other. Well, yeah. And, and going, going along with, I, I just right now, while we were talking, I was like, Oh my God, ca mm -hmm. casually profound. I love the. Because I was thinking of this question, I was going to ask you, what do you feel like is the most 
like the biggest lesson you've learned in the past year since we are at the beginning of 2023. And then I realized, you know, there's so many times in life that I learn a lesson that is so profound to me and I say it out loud <laughs> and it's like some casual, like, yeah. uh, statement. And I'm like, wow, that, okay. That said out loud feels so <laughs> normal, but yeah, it was so profound in my own life. So I love the name. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, the um, that's exactly. I feel the exact same way, right? And and oftentimes it's the things that you do casually that end up being profound. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know about you, but how much? Like how many times have I gone through something that it's like totally benign? You're like walking the dog, or like <laughs> yeah. you're like doing something that's completely mundane, and then you end up with like the most crazy epiphanies afterwards. Yeah. Gardening for me is where it's at, right? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so the, um, it goes both ways, right? The stuff that you say that is profound is so mm -hmm. easy. And the stuff that yeah. you say that is nothing, it ends up being so profound. And, um, so the big, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in the last year, if this is good, it's going to sound like nothing. It's just to chill the fuck out. Yes. Um, love it. <laughs> <laughs> profound. Like I, ha I have been, extremely type A mm -hmm. over the course of my life and letting that go whew, has been a, a long ass journey. And, um, so part of the type anus of me was to hold <laughs> Sorry, on yeah. to like, keep going. No, 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 keep going. It's my child humor coming out. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> well, the part a type side of me, um, is a uh, type a part of i don't know whatever side of me is like wanted to hold on to a corporate job wanted to hold on to all of that kind of thing mm -hmm. and um the lesson really over the last year has just been to take the jumps of faith mm. um which are like scary as hell when they come up for sure like they're big like i don't set myself up for small leaps of faith <laughs> yeah it'd be so nice if i did um but for me, it was like moving across the country and like selling all my possessions. And like now I'm going to Europe in a couple of weeks and like have no plan, have no hotels booked, yes. have no <laughs> location. That I'm, I, have a, I have a flight to London and we're going to see what the fuck happens. And so um, the, 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 yeah, the lesson has really been to chill out. And a big part of that has come from being so attached to my like psychic senses um definitely is a it's 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 nice in some ways and it's also gigantic pain in the ass in other ways um because like the so when i have dreams they're very often like prophetic um there's a particular quality to them that i can tell when i wake up in the morning that like oh that's gonna happen in my life kind of thing. And um, being here in Alberta where I am now, there have been times where I walk into a building and like, I know the entire layout of the building. I know exactly where everything is because I've dreamt about it like 10 times. And, um, and so then part of the like chill the fuck out is to, what that is really doing though. The reason why it's a pain in the ass, because it really takes you out of the present moment. It really makes you think like six steps ahead. And it, there's a lot of anxiety in that. And, um, so it's one thing to rely on your gut feeling 
that's kind of more in the present. It's another thing to rely on like a foresight, um, an intuition, something that would be like, what's your next step kind of thing. And it's a different thing yet to, um, kind of sit in the middle of those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, cause a lot of the body wisdom in my experience is coming from past experience and you're your psychic senses are coming from a future that had like timeline kind of Got thing. It. And so finding that sweet spot in the middle where you're like open to everything attached to nothing um, and allowing that and it takes a lot of chill, it takes a lot of chill that is not part of my default programming. Wow. I love that. Do you feel like it's still showing up in ways as like, like for your trip, like how are you, like how is your body reacting to like, the no plan thing. <laughs> Is it still kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, there's a couple of different things. Uh, there is one level mm -hmm. where I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. We're good. This is chill. Yeah, yeah. Like no problem at all. Um, I don't need a plan. I don't need whatever, <laughs> but, um, I got a little taste of that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was I had a house sit ending, and I didn't have another house sit lined up afterwards mm -hmm. until like the day before. And so this one, so like I was literally coming to the end of a week, and I literally had no idea where I was sleeping, um, like the yeah. next day. And um, so that's a little bit panic inducing. And, um, I had come up with like 16 different plans and six different ways of how to do it. And I was like trying to do each one and each one was like fucking up and failing and like, wasn't going through. It was like the simplest things of like, I walked into a hotel to get a hotel room and they wouldn't let me book it because I didn't have a credit card on me. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so the, so finally I call my best friend who lives in the same province, but like two hours away. And I was like, can I come over for the night? And she's like, yeah, abs like absolutely. And I'm like, why didn't I think of this three days ago? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is such a simple solution. And so the reaction from my body is often to overthink mm. and to over plan and to over prepare and that kind of thing. Yeah. And again, the line between using that for good and using that for bad is is razor thin because there are times when I'm doing research for like an art project or a paper or um, like that kind of thing, that ability to overthink things is really fucking handy mm -hmm. because it lets me dive in at a level that lots of people it lets me dive in at a level that most people get to only on like a solo track, but I'm able to bring in my like connecting nature, yeah. you know, on a deep dive. Right. But when it's comes on the like kind of more anxiety side, it's a use as a method. I, I use it. I know this cause I've have had to work through this in the last week. It's a method that makes me feel like I'm in control because I create variables that I can solve. And so when like the truth is, is I don't actually need the variables because there's no problem yet. Mm. I don't need a solution because there's no problem yet. And so I like mentally create problems for myself that I can research and solve through like logicking my way through it. Um, when like 
I don't need the answer yet. Like for instance, I could tell you the whole um, layout of the Paris Metro uh, ticketing system and what type of ticket you would need and how to use the lines and like all that kind of thing. I could tell you that right off the top of my head right now. I could give a whole TED talk on it. Um, is that a problem yet? No, I am not in Paris. <laughs> I do not have a strict plan to go to Paris, um, but I know that information. And so, because I had to overthink it. And so the, the lesson in chilling the fuck out definitely still shows up in that because I can, I catch myself doing it mm -hmm. a lot easier now. Um, I catch myself being like, Oh, you're literally just creating problems for yourself. Like shut it down, yeah. shut the laptop, <laughs> yeah. walk away. And so it's literally, so I have a thing in my life. I call it the rule of 180. Um, and so if I, oftentimes and that kind of thing, right? So I'm using the method of um, overthinking and overanalyzing things to run away from the fear that I will not, I will miss the divine time, mm -hmm. that I will miss um, the person, place, or thing I'm supposed to be at, you know, two days from now, three weeks from now, that kind of thing. And um, so the problem that I'm running away from is trust, is trusting. And so the rule of 180 is what I use all the time. I also call it fuck it. Like that's my motto in life <laughs> yeah. um, is as soon as I notice the thing that I'm running away from, mm -hmm. I have to do the 180 and run into it instantly. Mm -hmm. As soon as you notice it, that's the thing. And I, ha I mentally make myself do that over and over and over and over and over again is to run into the thing that I'm afraid mm -hmm. of. Um, and so sometimes that's trust. Sometimes that is packing up my car and going. Sometimes that is quitting a job. Sometimes it is saying no to something. Sometimes it's saying yes to something. It looks different every time. Um, but it's definitely always that question of like, what am I experiencing right now? what is that experience like keeping me safe from and if it is it actually keeping me safe or is it just a fuck around mm -hmm. and so oftentimes it's the fuck around or the thing that it's keeping me safe from is the thing that i want and so it's you know yeah yeah i i, I mean that whole thing i'm gonna replay over and over again because it's so good <laughs> uh and uh i don't know it just made me think about like wow i need to think about how that applies in my life too that was all very profound not just casually but <laughs> <laughs> was a good question yeah well i i mean it's just so interesting to see someone work and talk out through the reasons why they do things like how you were saying i was like wow that's so interesting that yeah the whole thing is all about control is about creating these things that okay now i can solve these things and now i'm in control and then letting go of that is like all of a sudden your body's like whoa what is going on here this is not safe yeah but then the biggest eye roll in all of it was that i thought that i was not a bitch who needed to have control anymore um and i'm still that bitch <laughs> I just don't feel the need to control other people anymore. Mm. And so I made myself a little trophy for that. Yeah. Um, had a little award ceremony for myself yes. because yeah. like, that's a big <laughs> fucking deal. Um, Cause I've been a huge cunt in the past and the, I know that about myself trying to control other people, yeah. but um, now I just try and control myself. Yeah. Very successful at that. I love it. <laughs>
I love your vulnerability in just saying all of that. I love it. <laughs> well, that's that's the rule of 180, right? Mm-hmm. Like the thing that I want to do right now is I want to seem like the expert, the big polished, put together, blah blah blah. Um, and the terrifying thing, although it is it is only 10% as terrifying mm-hmm. as something like not planning a trip to Europe is, yeah. um, is to is to say the things. Mm-hmm. Right is to be honest. Yeah, right there now. it is. You have such a professional voice too. By the way, the first, the first, uh, the uh, and what I've realized about myself is that when I'm talking, and it shows up in ways where I take long pauses, and I visualize. I've I've been able to put it into a visual thing because I'm like. Why do I it's it's literally like all these thoughts happening right here and I'm trying to bring them in and be like okay now like into a sentence and sometimes they're out here and then I just grab it and then I say it and for example the statement about you having a really professional voice cuz I was like first thing I noticed when I first played your episode was your voice I was like wow you sound so great like perfect for a podcast uh so yeah i just had to say that thanks okay may i may i riff on what you just said yeah, about you pick, may, the, anything. The thoughts and the picking mm-hmm. a thing um so i have i experienced the same thing also yeah there is like constantly eight to <laughs> yeah. 14 thoughts <laughs> yeah. rolling around and okay so i learned this through uh school and doing academic writing mm-hmm. but it applies fucking i've learned it in a few different places and i'd like to share it with you know, me. if you're okay with that Okay. So I learned it in school and then further it was developed through a class that I took with my mentor on developing your intuition. Mm-hmm. And so the, it applies in like a very logical perspective and also a very like frou-frou, um, woo-woo perspective too. So what I noticed is that there's kind of two layers mm-hmm. of thought in my brain, at least one is the swirl. It's the swirl, yeah. <laughs> it's the chaos, it's the cloud. It's like the the electron cloud of an atom, mm-hmm. right? It's always flowing around. It's charging things up. It is, there's always something going on. And then there is the core. Mm-hmm. There is the part, the channel that I use to speak from. And um, like, that's where the, 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 um, the straightening nails metaphor came from earlier. Do you think I have thought about straightening nails in the last 25 <laughs> years? I have absolutely not in 25 years thought about straightening mm. nails until fucking an hour ago <laughs> yeah. when we were talking and that's exactly what came yeah. through but the thing is is the the you have no business in the swarm the swarm and the cloud are not not where you mm-hmm. live they're not where you interact you never venture out into mm-hmm. there. your only business is in the core mm. and so the when you stay in the core and for me it physically feels like a thing in my throat that kind of like a pipe you know the like messenger tubes and like the steampunk or like the 50s things where you like put a message in a bottle in a tube and then it like yes through the building to like the other thing it's like that and so it's like there's like a tube that just is like and it like delivers Mm -hmm. the thing and it comes out my mouth and that's a big part of the vulnerability right it's like i don't know what the fuck's coming out next (laughs) i just have to trust and stay in the spot where that tube is coming through Mm. so that whatever's in the swarm comes through here Mm. and so in academic settings 
when I was writing papers for school and that kind of thing, like I would have to write re big research papers, right? And so you're reading like 20 to 25 um, articles, books, that kind of thing. And then you have to put it into a paper. And so in the research phase, the swarm is like, it's not your regular eight to 14. It's like, there's like a hundred things going on in there at mm. once. And that lasts, like I would always let myself sit in that like kind of chaos state for a few days and just let it all marinate. And then when I would sit down, and put my fingers to the keyboard to like do an outline to do whatever, then my only business is keeping the channel open mm -hmm. and allowing that to come through. And so then in this intuitive class that I was in, the woman, the way the woman was teaching us is like, so there's different people, beings, places, that kind of thing that you would ask different questions to, to get answers, depending on why you're asking or what you're trying to find out or that kind of thing. And one of the places that you would go to for, um, answers at a spiritual level is called the Akash. Um, it is not the Akashic records. It's a different thing. Um, but the Akash is like the World Wide Web. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. On a, on a yeah. soul level, um, which is also mirrored by like the mycelium layer in the earth on like a physical level and then the mm -hmm. actual internet on a mental level. Got it. So the, um, on the spiritual level, this World Wide Web, it's literally like a Google search. That, so I always imagine like a pillar. It's the same thing as the tube. I was mm -hmm. talking about the message coming in. It's like a I like put my question on the top of this pillar. And then I imagine the pillar coming up through me and it goes into the cache. And then it comes back down with the mm -hmm. answer. And so same thing. Like I'm never actually in the cache. I'm never in the World Wide Web. I'm just... There's just this like spot that I allow it to come through. And so it's the same thing as the like swarm, right? The, of all the ideas that go around. So I'm never trying to grab onto one I'm, or two or four or that kind of thing. It's always, oh, I, cool. I notice you out mm -hmm. there. I notice you out there. I notice you out yeah. there. And so then that practice, it started as a mental practice because I was getting really overwhelmed in school and also really overwhelmed, um, with like intuitive hits and that kind of thing. And then it has also transformed into a physical and emotional practice as well, where on an emotional level, when you let your emotions just chill and do their thing and you just get to be the one who is kind of watching them, if you will, um, you, it's like you, it's like a double joy. You get to watch that your body is experiencing joy. Your body is producing the chemical cocktail that feels like joy and also, you get to mentally and like in your heart kind of thing, experience the joy of knowing, of knowing that you mm -hmm. are experiencing joy. Right. Yeah. And, and you, it goes the other way too. When like you notice that your body's producing the chemical concoction of sadness, you get to watch it and just go, Oh, look, she's sad. Instead of just being like, Oh my God, why are we sad? What's going wrong? Mm -hmm. How do I fix it? Where is it going? Why am I, why is this happening to me? Why does this always happen <laughs> yeah, to me? This yeah. is just so crazy. Like, you know, the story that comes yeah. along with it that like, you get, and that's the, that's the swarm mm -hmm. of the emotions and then the, the what's coming through. Right. And so I get to control what's happening here. I get to control what's happening in the core with my emotions, with my thoughts, with my intuitive stuff, all of that kind of thing. And so I think, and so that is where a lot of the like professional voice and stuff like that comes from is because the, I don't, I don't pay a fucking half second attention to the swarm anymore. Mm -hmm or to the, to the cloud, that kind of thing. Um, it's me and my microphone and that is literally it. Yeah. And whatever is right here comes through. Oh my gosh. On one of the last episodes, I think the one that I published on Thursday, we're doing the intro and I was like, and I, I heard the message come through. Uh -huh. I read it and then in like read it in my mind. Right. And then I was like, Oh, I have to say this. I have to fucking say this thing. And, um, 
in the intro, I was like, yeah, tell us what you do for a living and tell us what your favorite sex position is. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I want to ask <laughs> people that I barely know this question? I mean, kind of. It's interesting. <laughs> but also, like, the that was nobody was prepared for that but it, i just i could I, I could tell that there was like in my in my gut i could tell something needed to like break the mood yeah everybody was too like demure yeah, yeah, yeah. and quiet and cute coming into it <laughs> and i needed something to break the mood and so this completely unplanned unscripted oh, unintended thing came out of my mouth and i was like oh we're here yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. and so then part of my vulnerability and the thing that i then my 180 rule is i fucking this sucks and so i have to march right mm-hmm. into it and so now i have i have opened the space i have to hold and honor and make this safe yeah. for all of these people to be vulnerable in and that's always my commitment is like i learned a long time ago people always say like they say bad things to you but they're like oh it's like you know what is it what somebody would say behind your back they wouldn't say to your face i learned a long time ago that like whatever i have to be willing if i say something about a person or myself mm-hmm. or whatever i have to be willing to say it to their face and i've said a lot of shitty things about people and so the it was just one of those things where it's like okay i have to be able to look this person in the eye and go yeah i said that mm-hmm. and i believe that at the time that i said it and you know really own up to it and that level of experience just allowed me to go anywhere mm. with things like this and so it's that integrity that i got to learn the hard way um has really helped with that with being able to stay focused on me and my voice and my microphone and just let the cloud be the cloud yeah it sounds like also too taking taking uh the difference between like renting and owning almost like you're taking ownership and you're not just saying this space is not mine so whatever happens happens but it's like taking ownership i don't know if that metaphor works mm-hmm. but it sounds i mean because all of the things you said are just sounds very sounds like a person who has taken ownership of their personality life and actions mm-hmm. so i like to think yeah. so proud of you Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. yeah you're welcome Okay, I love talking and I could keep talking and I love answering questions. Oh, yeah. And I am curious though from your perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to dial into your gardening a little bit yeah. cuz I love this and I love you always talk about how like you're learning things and you're exploring things with your garden. Mm-hmm. What has been the biggest lesson that you've taken away from gardening um since you started? Man. Biggest lesson? I th- biggest or favorite? I th- hmm. Most profound? You well, I'm just, choice. See, this is uh, this is great that you told me about that whole the swarm and the this and the because now I'm gonna have to actually practice it, but uh, not right now. We'll do it later. Uh, so okay. I'm just gonna say what all the lessons and all yeah. the things. <laughs> but um, sure. I mean, there's definitely been a lot. I feel like one of them for sure has just been the enjoyment of the of the journey and the illustration of what you can what you can like grow over a period of time because it started in like 2020 yeah right when the pandemic happened uh i'm sure for a lot of other people who were maybe staying at home or had some time off and thinking what do i do and for some reason everybody started gardening (laughs) and so i did too if you weren't gardening you're making sourdough bread right that's so true (laughs) 
you either gardened or made bread. There's no in between. Yeah. Um, and so I did neither. <laughs> I did neither. Um, so I think attempting to grow things brought back that feeling and almost a reminder from childhood where it's like, oh yeah, we did this probably in kindergarten and oh yeah, we grew seeds or, you know, there's plants all around us that just grow, but you never pay attention to them until you start growing things. And you're like, oh, this whole process that I'm watching all these things grow. Uh, and then realizing like, okay, this little tiny thing that I'm putting into the ground is like this delayed gratification type thing where it's like, you got to put the work into it to get, it to the plant and the fruit or the vegetable or whatever and so it was just a lesson in like what is possible with imagination and keeping Mm. your imagination alive because i started with just this little like this big you know two foot space of dirt and grew like a zucchini and was like well if i can do that with just minimal effort What's possible with this whole long 12, 20 foot space that I have? And then I started thinking, well, if I do that, then what's possible with the whole yard with the whole. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, then I was like, oh, okay. Imagination and building something or designing a bathroom and then bringing it to life is the same thing that everybody else does with everything else in their life. Uh, so I think it just really illustrated how everything's connected because again, you design it in your mind, you know, you design a bathroom, you design what you think this is going to look like. You say, okay, now I got to build it. And there's all that pre stuff that you do before the tile goes in or before the plant goes in or before you take the pictures. Um, And then as it's getting to the finished product, it's the whole connection thing of everything coming together at the end and seeing your hard work turn into something beautiful. so I think that kind of illustrates some of the things that gardening has brought into my life and also just joy, just, and this is something that I'm sure you're familiar with because it's an illustration that I got from Flynn when we're talking about the noticing the feelings that you want and feeding into those feelings. And so I just remember going out there and this one sunflower that I grew and I, it might've been this one. Cause this is a picture. This is mine that I took. And I was yeah. like, this is so, like, the feeling it gave me was exponentially larger than it should have been. And I was noticing that. And I was thinking, this little tiny flower is giving me so much joy. I'm so happy. It is just chilling there, doing its thing. And so I thought, this is definitely something that I need to expand and grow and just give myself the most amount of joy possible. Um, yeah. It's all connected. Where have you seen that show up in other parts of your life as well? Your exponential joy. (sighs) Drinking tea for sure has been something that is. I thought you were going to say drinking tequila, and I was like, I can (laughs) definitely not that for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) But um, you know what's funny? It it kind of is a reverse thing because when I started my construction company or my, you know, my own business, the, the idea that just came to me real quick was me, us. And so the whole Mm -hmm. point of it, I thought was, okay, us is always going to be greater than me. 
because it was a reminder to give a shout out to everybody that's taught me in my business name so that I can never get too big for my own self in thinking that, oh, I did this shower all by myself and I I made this happen. It's like, well, what about the years of work of learning from someone who's got 20 years on you, you know? So it was this thing that I said, it's always better to be connected than it is to be alone. And I think that's a pretty like solid fact. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things in my life that I always will admit and say, this is my perspective. This is my opinion. This is just something that I believe, but this is the one thing where I'm like, no, this is, this is fact because Mm -hmm. you think about it. Nobody has been the self-made. Nobody has gotten to the point on their own, even if they've had to go out and really do it on their own. There's always something somebody that's helped them along the way their parents their family there's always a connection somewhere and if not i mean or if you know they're so-called self-made or no i'm gonna do it on my own or whatever you're not gonna get as far as if you connect with others or connect with a greater community and so i think the i made that name and then was like all right cool got it and then as the years went by it became more profound as time went on Mm -hmm. because then Mm -hmm. i was like yo it's it's so true because in construction like all the stuff that comes before has to be perfect and has to be good so that this can be good so it's all connected and i was like oh yeah that my name makes sense like it's a good choice (laughs) but then i started gardening and then oh yeah you know the soil has to be you have to grow this, you know, work on the soil first before to get it healthy, then the seeds and then water, you know, it's all this connected thing. And then you start learning about, I went, I went pretty deep on YouTube. So then you start learning about the, the ground cover and improving Mm -hmm. the soil and, you know, how they take the nitrogen and, and a, a lot of the stuff I learned was just for, you know, just to bring in knowledge and because it's cool, but then it starts affecting the way that you grow things and how it all connects and how you get healthy plants and starting them from seed and stuff like that. So I think it worked itself backwards to where I saw the lessons in gardening because I had already seen how everything connects in other forms that I was like, it's got to be the same in gardening. And it is. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I think sometimes that you see things I think any new thing that I'm going to try or do, I'm going to see the application in life or the application in like, oh, this is like construction because everything's like construction when we really think about it. And I can see the, I mean, one thing just recently that I was talking about was like how there's always a cycle of like death of death of like the, Mm -hmm. the garden dying off. Like the sunflowers mm-hmm. that I grew, freaking super awesome sunflowers, super big. And then they started like wilting and like now they're like all dying. But mm-hmm. those sunflowers gave me like hundreds of seeds. It's ridiculous how cool it is mm-hmm. to grow one thing and then get a hundredfold back. And that lesson of like, it's kind of like life, you know, you grow, you have these hardships, you have these trials, 
you get that lesson, you put it back in, and then here you go again. You know, it's seasons. So that's the biggest lesson. There we go. Got it. That's awesome. <laughs> I love to, with your company name, with the mm-hmm. MES, I love the slash in the middle because it turns it into like a ratio, right? Like it turns it into a fraction. And the yep. oh, there are a few things I love in life other than a good ratio. <laughs> and like the thing that was coming for me when you were saying that is that yes, often in fractions, we see that like the denominator is bigger, mm-hmm. um, than, than the numerator, but their fractions to have the, the numerator being bigger than the denominator are also valid and great and useful in math and all that kind yeah. of thing. And so the, but, but despite that shift, if, if the ratio proportions shift, there is always the community aspect and the individual aspects, even if you're mm-hmm. individually fucking rocking yep. it, right? That that's part of the season, right? And then you this it shifts and it moves and it's always part of this bigger whole. Yeah. Even even the two parts are part of the bigger whole. Yeah. Right? And I think it's too a reminder that we gotta be really kind to ourselves and respect our own self importance and not think think mm-hmm. too less of ourselves. Right? It's like mm-hmm. that illustration of uh Icarus, uh, the the Greek whatever myth mm-hmm. about flying too high to the sun. And the whole illustration mm-hmm. is like, hey, don't fly too high to the sun or you'll melt your wings and you'll fall to the ground or the, the ocean, right? And what is easy for people to do is use that as a way to say, okay, I'm here. I don't want to get too close to the sun. But it's like, well, but you can... That doesn't mean don't, you know, don't try to achieve greater heights. It just means, hey, you know, you guys, I don't know the point, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a whole atmosphere. There's a whole atmosphere in the middle to play yeah, around exactly. with and enjoy. Just, you don't have to go straight for the sun. You can enjoy all of yeah, this stuff. Just here. as da- just as kind of holding you back as being too low, right? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, mm-hmm. there's that there's that kind of ratio of of importance on yourself and kindness to yourself and respect of what you've done and your accomplishments and loving that and being proud of it, but also community and your friends and your family and the people that have really supported you through your lowest of lowest of lowest days. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm grateful for your perspective added into that. Thank too. you grateful for for you as well and your perspective has been really interesting <laughs> Super yeah fun. absolutely yeah well thank you so much for joining me today Mias. um it has been a fabulous conversation i can't wait to to share this with everyone yeah so Thank you to all our listeners for making it through the episode with us. Um, it's been a pleasure having you along for the ride with us. If you would like to join these conversations, please send me a message. I am Lauren on Instagram. Literally, that is my handle. I am Lauren. Um, you can also shoot us a message over at Casually Profound on Instagram. <laughs> um, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.